Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Happy Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans listening across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Bob out today. Luke Johnson here. Michael Mergens producing for us. I'm in beautiful downtown Laurel. Michael is in Hattiesburg in the First Bank Studios. Brand new week. Basketball uh, drops one and bonus play to UAB. Uh, softball splits with Jacksonville State and uh, some other things going on in different sports. Uh, the big news to talk about today, baseball up in Starkville wins game one, drops game two, and then uh, loses a heartbreaker yesterday in the bottom of the ninth to Mississippi State. Golden Eagles 4-2 and two on the year. And uh, in just a moment, we'll have head coach Scott Berry to talk to us. First segment, the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Dickies is a proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. Enjoy Dickies fall off the bone ribs, smoked brisket, and other great meat smoked every day in house. Dickies caters any event and would love to serve you in any way possible. Dickies smoked here, loved everywhere. Proud sponsor of the first segment of the Eagle Hour. Well, the Golden Eagles uh, took about a two and a half hour trip up to Starkville, Mississippi, um, where they win one and uh, drop two. And here to talk to us about uh, this weekend series, as he does every Monday, the skipper of the Golden. Eagles head coach Scott Berry joins us. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Luke. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, uh, thanks for being on with us every Monday. And coach, a lot of stuff to be positive about. Some stuff got uh, got to clean up a little bit. Overall, uh, before we go through each game, give us your take on the weekend. Well, certainly uh, disappointed uh, that we didn't come home with a series win when uh, when we battled ourselves to to. To have that opportunity, I'm not saying that we played the best baseball, but it's kind of strange that that's how the game sometimes is. You know, you don't play your best, and you have a chance to come out there and do something special. Uh, but we we weren't able to do it, and certainly there's some things as as you just said that we need to clean up, and that's uh, you know defensively we uh, we've way, made way too many mistakes this this early spring, and then uh, offensively we've got to do a better job in two strike situations and and putting pressure on the defense by putting it in play, and uh, but you know there are some good things that we did find out about ourselves and that we needed to and that was uh, some guys on the mound and, and the different uh, opportunities that they were given over the weekend and how they performed and performed really really well let's start with a friday coach the way that i summed up a friday in one word was resilience it was a pitching duel ethan small was lights out uh, for mississippi state but man walker powell 77 pitches and seven and two-thirds coach he was extraordinary on friday he sure was, I'll tell you. And both pitchers had uh, a very, very good success against the opponent, and they did it in different ways. You know, one did it by missing bats. Ethan Small, who was uh, a really good arm for Mississippi State, their best. You know, he's he's uh, low to mid-90s from the left side, 13 strikeouts, cover seven innings. 
we get one hit. I think that was in the fifth or sixth inning. It was late. And then you have Walker Powell, who did just just the same result, but he did it in a different way. He only struck out two. He gave up five hits, pitched seven and two-third innings, and just pitched to, to our defense. You know, and that was the one game that we didn't make an error, and we played great defense. And, you know, his balls found the glove. Um, and, and, you know, Ethan's misses the bat. But when it was all said and done, you know, we uh, we were able to get that one won in the 10th inning. And, you know, so proud of uh, Charlie Fisher, true, true freshman out of Minnesota, who pinch hits off the bench once again and delivers for us this time, probably the biggest RBI of his, of his life and certainly of his early career with us as the Golden Eagles. But uh, a hard-fought. Very competitive game by both clubs. Uh, you know, you couldn't you couldn't be more proud if you were a Mississippi State coach as as if you were the Miss, uh, the Southern Miss coach in that one. Another name uh, of Friday's Friday's game. Uh, he's been dubbed, I think, Gidry dubbed him the Ochness Monster. Ryan Ock, who is the uh, third wheel of the Minnesota connection, uh, kid pitched extraordinary in those last two and third innings. Man, he did. I'll tell you, uh, he has grown up really quick. He's a redshirt freshman. Last year, uh, had a really good arm. Just wasn't able to to control the zone. And you know, a scout earlier in the preseason was like, "Why didn't he pitch for you last year?" Well, he uh, he had to you know gain control of 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 his of his fastball and and be able to throw more strikes. And that's exactly what he's been able to do. And and in this early season, it's been very promising to see him come out under a very big stage there at Mississippi State and compete like he did with the presence that he had and in command of, of his pitches all the way around, and, and really in both outings yesterday as well. But we'll get to that in a minute. Saturday's game, Coach, was a tough one. Uh, JT Ginn from Mississippi State was just uh, – I, I don't know if I've seen a more lively arm than him coaching a long time. Stevie got knocked around early, and, and Saturday was just a tough one. Well, you're right. I mean, JT Ginn, a true freshman from Mississippi State, turned down close to $3 million last year with the Dodgers to, to, to go to Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, he proved his worth yet on Saturday. I mean, he very, very powerful arm as a true freshman uh, and acted like he'd done that uh, all his life. And uh, we just couldn't get anything going uh, against him at all. His his ball was explosive with arm side run. And then when he got to a slider, I mean, it just kind of wiped you out with it. So, uh, you know, we were going to have to pitch and play defense to stay with him once again, uh, like we did on Friday. And, and that's, exactly what we didn't do you know stevie didn't uh he wasn't able to command his secondary pitch as well and then his fastball was up and you know mississippi state i think they were a little ill from the, the loss on friday and certainly came out determined not that we not that we weren't but uh you know you you could tell that they took advantage of some pitches up in the zone uh, on stevie but you know we talk about the three phases of the game and you got to play at least two of the three well Luke to, to have a chance to win, and that's you got to be able to pitch, play defense, and hit. And honestly, in that game, we didn't we didn't really do any of them. You know, we uh, we scored one run there in the eighth inning on four hits and made four errors, and they scored eight runs on thirteen hits. So, you know, we didn't do anything to to really give ourselves a chance to win that game on Saturday. 
And then yesterday, uh, you fight back. Uh, I, I thought the positive for yesterday, Coach, was you, you fought back against some some good pitching. And then the bullpen was was really good yesterday. And you unfortunately have an error in the ninth and, and give up the game winning hit to Allen. But but some of those guys that came out of the bullpen, Adam Jackson, J.C. Keys, they looked very good yesterday. They did, and you know those are the things that we needed to find out about ourselves. And, and you know, you feel good going away knowing that moving forward. But, you know, let's start at the beginning. Mason Strickland, gosh, dog, it sprains his ankle there on the very first play, trying to, on a bang-banger with Jake Mangum, um, hustling down to first base. And, and honestly, uh, his that ankle started to, to stiffen up as we got a little deeper in the game. And uh, he didn't pitch as effective as he did early on. I, I hate that happened to him because I think that, uh, you know, he certainly could have taken us a little deeper in the game. But, you know, you look yesterday. We uh, we pitched we pitched well enough, and uh, you know the hitting we we got it there the timely when we needed it. But you know the uh, the defensive side. You know the first inning we we don't catch a ball that ends up as a double that should have been an out that they end up scoring on in the bottom of the first. Later in the inning uh, or later in the game we we lose one in the sun that should have been an out that was a double. And then, of course, the uh, and those both went down as doubles when they should have been recorded outs, really. Uh, but then, but then we uh, we don't we don't field the ball well, and a couple of times we let let them take advantage of our our throws to the wrong bases and, and move up. And defensively, when you look at it, we didn't play well enough defensively. And uh, we I thought we pitched well enough, certainly, but uh, the defense and uh, you know just the lack of hitting. Uh, all the way through is probably what cost us yesterday. But, you know, our guys, they competed. Uh, they gave themselves a chance to win. You know, LeBlanc hits a solo homer there in the in the top of the sixth, and then we follow up with, uh, and that was all with two outs, I believe, and then we follow up with a couple of hits, and, and Freddie Franklin drives in Storm Cooper to tie it up. So, you know, we made a game of it. Bullpen came in, did what they were supposed to do, and then uh, – of course, um, tough, tough bottom of the ninth, and uh, and we lose it there, four to three. Coach, uh, rebound tomorrow night. The Privateers coming into the Pete at six p.m. What's been your message for your team? What will it be today as they get ready to play New Orleans? Well, we'll practice uh, today, uh, uh, starting here at three o'clock. But before we got off the bus, we he reiterated, you know, the importance of coming out and being able to uh, handle failure. You know, nothing is supposed to take you off course tomorrow, which is today. You go to class just like you have in the past. Losing doesn't take you to a level that you don't want to go. You know, it makes you better, and it makes you more strong and resilient, and that's what we're looking for today, to come out and practice. We're 4-2, knowing that we missed on an opportunity up there, but we've got a lot of things positive moving in our direction and we've got to stay the course and uh that's what we'll do today as we prepare for uh UNO you know a good team it's five and one uh record all all games at home but you know it looks like they can swing it they're right at 300 uh with their team right. batting average so always a good always a good team uh to, to play a good program coach Dean does a great job so you know it's it's a it's a it's the most important game on our schedule tomorrow night Coach, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Guys, appreciate it, Luke. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
I want to thank Southern Miss baseball head coach Scott Berry for joining us in that first segment. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. The greatest place, the best place, the biggest collection of everything you need to cheer on uh, the Golden Eagles you can find at Campus Bookmark. You can also check them out online at campusbookmark.net, and we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Well, here to talk uh, some Southern Miss baseball as he was in Starkville um, this weekend looking on and also to talk some basketball. Andrew Abadie is the executive editor of the Student Prince, the official newspaper of the University of Southern Mississippi, making his inaugural Eagle Hour appearance. Andrew, what's up? Hey, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for coming on today. And and you were uh, in Starkville, and uh, I I stayed down here. I was watching basketball on on Saturday and didn't know whether we were going to get rained out on Friday. And I was following you on Twitter, uh, basically, uh, as I listened to John Cox. Uh, What was your overall take uh, of of the series being up there? Well, you know, I I think it was a pretty good competitive series. Um, It's still, you know, it's six games into the season, you know, to gauge things. Off of this weekend, you know, there's no reason fans should be hitting the panic button. If anything, I think there's a bunch of factors that really made a difference that nobody's really talking about in this series was injuries. I mean, Matt Walner was hurt. Uh, Brant Blaylock was hurt. Mason Strickland got hurt. Um, and those are three crucial players that you needed for the weekend. Yeah, it really, really, really made me frustrated that Blaylock uh, got hurt. I thought it was still pretty cool that he scored the winning run on on Friday. But we uh, we were on air. Uh, Jack Duggan actually uh, gave us the starting lineup at like one ten, and and Blaylock was in there. And then you know at fourth segment, ten minutes before, uh, text Jack because we got word that Blaylock was injured. I think taking his bat out of the lineup, but I think part of Walner's issue was he had he had Donaldson hit behind him um and if Blaylock's sitting there there's a lot more protection don't you think oh yes no question about that um you know obviously the bottom of the order struggled although I will say that they did come through in the uh, third game with you know uh, Fred Franklin and Hunter LeBlanc but um I, I think his bat would have made such a huge difference in that bottom of the order just being able to move people around that um, and, you know, the top of the order didn't have – really nobody had a great weekend. I mean, 37 strikeouts is something you never want to see. But uh, his presence was certainly missed. I think it was missed in the field also because you had to put the freshman out there, Hunter LeBlanc, and, you know, he kind of made some rookie mistakes. And I think if you would have had either Blaylock or Walner in right field, you know, you might have avoided some of those errors that ha- that occurred. We ran out of time with uh, Coach uh, Barry last segment, but that was one of the things I was kind of torn whether to bring it up or not just because it was a sore subject. I think the biggest thing that concerns Golden Eagle fans from this weekend is 37 strikeouts. It was almost as if, uh, I don't know if there was an inning where we didn't have at least one strikeout. Now, you were there. How lively were those the pitching arms for Mississippi State? Because I heard it was just crazy, unbelievable how good, uh, especially Small and Ginn were. Uh, well, honestly, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the rest of the SEC play, but I would go ahead and say that those are probably going to be the best starters in the SEC. I mean, those guys were, uh, I mean, it was like watching, you know, magician do magic. I mean, those guys are talented and, uh, you know, everything everybody says about them is true. So, you know, that's something else to consider. But the other thing was, 
Um, they they never really worked the counts. I, fi- I found you know they never got the leadoff runners on. They they really didn't battle the pitch count, and that, you know that was a factor because Mississippi State's bullpen once they put in their bullpen guys, nobody was really the it factor for them. But their starters are the real deal and everything that they're advertised. Yeah, Eagles were able to get to uh, Riley Self both times. That's a name that, you know, he's been in Starkville for a long time. And I was proud of him yesterday. You know, you, you look up and you're not getting anything going on. Uh, top of the six, you make some noise. LeBlanc gets his first uh, home run, and then Freddie has a big, big run there. You just thought there would be a moment where something would happen. Uh, another, another disappointment on the weekend. We, we talked about it, uh, after the Purdue. Uh, I think we had seven errors. Uh, they're going to have mm-hmm. to clean that up, uh, because they're going to drop some if they keep playing defense like that. And no, and you know, uh, Scott Barry pointed that out in the post game press conference. If you're going to be making errors and giving them extra outs, you have to be hitting the ball and you know backing things up with your offense. And right now, you know their their batting average dropped to two fifty four as a team. I don't think I'm if I'm not mistaken. I don't think anybody's hitting over three hundred after this weekend. And you know that that's a big issue. Also, you know, it's one thing to make errors in the field, but you know we've all saw it. The offense wasn't there to back yeah. it up. Slater's hitting four fifty eight, but that was because he was like six fifty after right. after last weekend. But he's yeah, he's the, I think LeBlanc's right at three hundred, but he's the only one. Let's talk some positives. Um, Friday night was a pitcher's duel. It was uh, it was really interesting because Small was striking out everything. Walker Powell was pitching to contact, uh, but Walker was pretty extraordinary with a, with a very good offensive lineup on Friday. No, no question. Uh, I think Walker's performance was just kind of undermined because small through i think he was 13 strikeouts um and he was mowing yeah. people down but walker was having just as quiet and just as strong of a game really ryan ock uh the ockness monsters i've seen they call him on twitter uh <laughs> that kid's gonna be a stud for southern miss uh he, you know last year they they never really had that closer I, I say they do now because ock is just the go-to bullpen guy and you know he came out and pitched on uh, Sunday, and even though he gave up that hit, it really wasn't his fault. And, you know, he almost got out of there first other miss and forced the game into extra innings. But, you know, an error kind of set things up for Mississippi State. Um, but I think, you know, Walker had a great weekend, and, you know, I was kind of uh, un- unsure how Walker would do, but he-, he seems to be in full form now. And I think, honestly, the biggest gem of this, this Southern Miss team is the bullpen just because of the amount of innings they logged last year, I think they're kind of, you know, reaping the benefits from it now. Adam Jackson had some some big strikeouts. JC Keys looked good. I think he struck one guy out on the ninety five mile hour fastball. Uh, I was I was glad to see Keys come in. But yeah, if Strick Strick keeps them to three runs on one ankle, literally, and uh, and then you know the 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 run that Ock gave up was unearned. So the bullpen doesn't give up any earned runs the last six and and two thirds. That's got to be uh, encouraging because last year um, you know the bullpen would we would you know have some really good starts and then the bullpen would give up some stuff. So you, you got to take away some some positives. And here's the thing. The experience that they had, and let's talk about this for a minute, the, the environment up there at Duty Noble. I know the rain probably kept some people from being there, but you, you put Hunter LeBlanc, you put Danny Lynch, you put Ryan Ock, you put some of these young guns in the middle of that atmosphere uh, playing a, a top-ten team in the nation. That can only help you going down the road. Oh, no question. And like I said before, Scott Barry pointed that out. This is the type of environment that they want to be playing in come postseason play, and it is the top-ten top, 
type of environment that they'll be playing in come postseason. You know, I was at Fayetteville last year, and that crowd was insane. That environment was insane. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and I think Mississippi State really prepares you for something along those lines because, you know, I, I think Southern Miss is by no means out of, certainly after this weekend, out of discussion for, you know, hosting regional, doing whatever they want in the postseason. But, you know, Ole Miss and uh, Mississippi State are going to have two really good ball clubs. You know, I'm, you know, knowing how the committee thinks they'll stick Southern Miss and something local, but it, it certainly prepares you. And I think it's real, it was a really good experience. And, you know, the other thing is they're going to play a good baseball team this weekend. You know, Gonzaga has quietly dominated their conference the past couple of years. And so I think they're getting really good exposure with some talented teams. Uh, and, you know, they'll reap the benefits come postseason play. I like uh, I like a good baseball stadium anywhere I go. I, I was a, a chaplain in New Orleans for the Zephyrs before they came became the worst name in all of sports, the Baby Cake. Uh, but but I love I love uh, non uh, big league stadiums. H- how does Duty Noble and all the ones that you've been to, just facility wise, atmosphere wise, how does it? Where does it rank? You know, for me, it kind of felt like a. A major league park, and I'm kind of with you. I like the more homey stadiums, kind of like Pete Taylor. I grew up as a as a Tulane fan, so Old Turchin was more of my taste rather than uh, New Turchin Stadium. But you know, it was pretty nice. You know, um, a lot of I guess I hate to say it, but there was way more empty seats than Mississippi State would probably like to admit. But um, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the standing room only in the outfield, and you know, standing room next to the seats. So. But it's a nice facility, and I think they did a great job of it. And I think Mississippi State's going to be happy with it in the long run. One one thing I kept hearing was John and Jack talk about how Mississippi State's bullpen was kind of hidden. Nobody could see what was going on down there. And ours was basically behind first base. Yeah, I, I still I, – I asked that question I think a dozen times. I still don't know where the bullpen was at because I kept asking, does State have anybody in the bullpen? And not even the state writers could tell me. And I think that's frustrating, if anything, if you're the opposing team because you have no idea what they're thinking, whereas you, you can see your opponent's team and what they're planning and what's going through their heads. It's part of the game, if you ask me. Yeah, it, it really is. All right, Andrew, uh, we're up against a hard break. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's take a break and talk some student prints, talk some Southern Miss basketball when we get back. You cool with that? Sure thing. All right. With Andrew Abadie, the executive editor of the Student Prince on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. More with Andrew right after this. segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Everyone loves the chicken tenders from Raisin Cane's. It's usually my uh, Sunday after church lunch as it was yesterday. And Stop by your local Raising Cane's located all across the state of Mississippi and get you a box combo and some of that famous lemonade. Raising Cane's, 
one love. Well, we continue with the executive editor of the Student Prince, and anyone that has been a student at the University of Southern Mississippi knows about the Student Prince. It is the student-run newspaper since 1918, and Andrew Abadie is the executive editor there. 100 years, Andrew. The Prince has really been around for a long time. Yeah, you could say so. Student Prince is actually the third name change. Fun fact, it used to be called the Normal College News, and they picked a uh, great name to replace that one, I'd say. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always been a great opportunity for you know young journalists like myself to go out and get started and just kind of get their name out there. Since So uh, it was the normal college when it was started in, in 1910. What are the origins of the prints? I mean, like, was there just a kind of like a desire on campus to, to do that, or, or how did the, the prints come about? Um, so from the way it was told to me was they used to kind of have a joint staff, faculty, slash student, like, news memo, and then finally about a couple years later, um, one of the students said we should have our own newspaper student run run by the students since it's for the students and that's essentially what happened and here we are <laughs> you're the executive editor um, that that sounds like a, a big job how long have you been involved with the student prints yeah so I, I've been on the student print staff since I first came to campus uh, started out as a uh, just a generic sports reporter covering pretty much everything, much like I do now. Um, then last year I moved up to assistant sports editor, and, uh, you know, this past uh, May, or last May, I guess, wow, um, I put in for the exact editor. There's a board that decides who should uh, get that position, and they decided to go with me with the sports background, and here I am doing the newspaper and sports reporting at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I met you at the Pete last year, hanging out in in that press box and in, in Jack Duggan's press box up there, and and I've been really impressed, Andrew, and I want to commend you on air, um, you know, especially with some local uh, newspapers uh, that people usually turn to um, for for Southern Miss stuff uh, that have taken away beat writers or whatever it may be. Uh, you have done an extraordinary job covering Southern Miss, and and I I will continue to point people towards you on social media and uh, the articles you write because you. You've done some extraordinary reporting this this past athletic season, continuing with baseball. Well, you know, I really appreciate that. I hope uh, I just can uh, be that fill for, you know, people trying to get some uh, coverage for anything. You know, I cover high school as much as I cover Southern Miss as well. Um, but, you know, it's something I've kind of noticed. You know, I, I, won't, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus or anything like that. But, you know, it's certainly an opportunity for the student journalists here to certainly, you know, kind of get their names out there since, you know, some coverage has fallen off recently. Yeah, and, and even when I played football at Southern Miss, you know, the Prince, they would cover some stuff, uh, but it wasn't in, in detail with us. And, you know, and what I appreciate about yours is that, that uh, man, it, it's just like reading it from, you know, another publication, another statewide publication, so we appreciate that. All right, let's talk basketball. You were in Starkville uh, watching uh, the Eagles play on the Diamond. Saturday uh, in uh, the Coliseum, a really, really, it was a tough loss, man. Uh, Eagles dropped one seventy six seventy two. 72 A lot of people scratching their head while the Eagles didn't uh, foul there at the end. You, you got a 6-7 forward for UAB. 
that throws up a prayer, and he really didn't. It wasn't even a prayer. I mean, he threw it up from the corner. I think uh, Holland or, or or Edwards was on him jumping. The dude banks it in from the corner, sends it into overtime. Uh, Eagles should have won that one. Uh, Andrew is just kind of a tough one to swallow. Yeah, you know, UAB is they're one of those solid basketball programs. You know, they were in the tournament a few years ago. Um, it, it's a team that kind of rises to the, to the occasion when postseason play is on the verge. And I'm cert, uh, you know, certainly pod play kind of starts that, I guess, you know, however big of a fan you are of pod play. But, you know, I, I think it's kind of a, a good opportunity for Southern Miss because, you know, you have this win streak, and I'm a firm believer that whoever the hottest team is going into the tournament is most likely going to win it. That's just college basketball. And I think, you know, with that loss at home, you go to two road games, a big one with Old Dominion, and then you close the season out with a win. There's no better way to kind of put yourself back on track, not let the odds catch you, and head into Frisco, Texas, riding some really positive momentum while getting your oil checked at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's a good point you 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 bring up. You just hope that this doesn't you know pour some water on that fire they had. I mean, even in the loss, what was kind of the difference? I think Saturday UAB was seven of eleven from three point range in the second half. I mean, every time you know we get a little break, here they come. We missed a lot of shots, uh, left the baseline open several times. But even in a loss, Tyree Griffin gets a double double, twenty points, uh, ten assists. Edwards goes for seventeen. Harper Baker goes for thirteen. Uh, we made a whole lot of mistakes and still deserve to win that one. And I, what what has been the difference with this basketball team in your mind? I got a couple things in my mind, but the difference between this year with 17 wins and uh, last year. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is that they and you saw it earlier in the season. They kind of have a hard time handling success. You know, having to deal with the sanctions for so many years and you know those losing records. And I mean, most of the team has stuck around and. I commend Doc Sadler for bringing in all these guys who have proven that they're really talented. Uh, but I think that's part of it, just learning how to be successful and how to handle it and how to rise to that occasion. Because, I mean, they're, they could still, depending on how things work out, they could still win the regular season. And, you know, obviously the conference tournament title is by no means out of the question. I'll be going to Frisco, Texas for that. So um, I, I think for them it's kind of, rising to that occasion and knowing the moment that they have to play in. You look at what happened this weekend. Old Dominion uh, defeats Western Kentucky 67-63. UTSA didn't play, so your updated Conference USA standings are Old Dominion 12-3, UTSA 9-5, and and then Southern Miss UAB and and Western Kentucky at 9-6. So even though the Eagles lose, they still got a chance. Um, Have you been hearing in the way that you've been kind of dissecting postseason play it's a better opportunity for the Eagles to win the tourney and get into the NCAA. The NIT is is, is really would be a, a long shot right now. Um, yeah, I, I would say the NCAA tournament probably their best bet. I mean, I think if they do go deep in the conference tournament, you know, say they go to the finals and lose or something like that, that might draw. Um, I, I think that would draw interest. I, I think the real thing that would hurt them is the fact that you know. The, the crowd numbers have not been what the program has won. Even though it's been better than past years, that's certainly a selling point for teams that get into the NIT, and that's something that hasn't been there for them consistently. 
Why, why do you think that? You're on campus, uh, you know, especially with the students. You, you read the pulse of that. That great, I don't know if the Louisiana Tech crowd was so big because people were kind of mad about Art Browse, but what's kind of the pulse on the university campus why basketball attendance hadn't been what it should be? Well, part of the problem is, you know, you had this schedule change occur with the university. So there's really no classes on Fridays. So students are going home a day earlier. You know, they're not sticking around on campus like they would one on Fridays, you know, stick around for Saturday games, that type of deal. And so uh, you've really seen the student numbers drop and the student participation drop be- because of that, at least in my mind. That's how I see it, how it's been the main reason for that. This is the first year they've done that? Yeah, that's correct. It's the first year they did it. Or for second semester, last semester was the first time they did it. You know, everybody was kind of talking about, is it going to hurt the numbers for everybody? And I, I think I think for basketball it certainly has. Uh, you've seen locals certainly go into games, but you, you look at those student sections. I wrote a column about it, and there's hardly anybody there. I guess the the real pulse will be able to uh, with Gonzaga this uh, coming weekend, and then you know the first couple conference series to see if it's just a sport deal or people really aren't there. Because if you got a top twenty baseball team, you would think that people would show up for it. Yeah, that's how I see it in my mind. Uh, you know, but it, you know it was a problem for football as well. We, you know, it was something I talked about and some other sports writers I know. You know, student there wasn't as many students at football games like there has been in the past. So. I don't know. I mean, I saw the crowds on opening weekend, but, you know, something to consider is that it was opening weekend. So I think we'll kind of see, you know, the telltale sign as to how involved students really are with, you know, or, or I guess react to baseball this upcoming season with the schedule change. Okay, last question, uh, about 30 seconds. Uh, thoughts about tomorrow night against UNO, a chance for the Eagles to bounce back, get some confidence? I think it's going to be a good good way. You know, the bats kind of need to, uh, I guess, rebound, if so to speak. Uh, Uno hits the ball. Um, I, I, there hasn't been a starter announced, but my gut says Alex Nelms. Um, quick thing, though, kind of a student prince related thing. Uh, you know, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Another quick announcement. Uh, we will be releasing our app at the end of this month, so be on the lookout for that. Oh, it's great, man. And anything the university does, including the prints, we're all behind it. Andrew, thanks for everything you do for the university, and thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. And I appreciate it. We'll see you at the P. That's Andrew Abadie, executive editor for the student prints. Michael Mergens and I will close out the Eagle Hour right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Appreciate Andrew Abadie, the executive editor for the Student Prince, student-run newspaper for the University of Southern Mississippi, for joining us in that third segment. And as he said, Student Prince uh, about to make an app, release an app. 
and there will be an app for that. So be sure to uh, check that out. Always uh, appreciate anyone from uh, the university uh, coming to join us. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Petal, Mississippi. Also online at cartersjewelry.com or on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Shay Carter and her friendly staff have everything you need for the ones that you love. So be sure to check out Carter's Jewelry. Proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Well, the men drop a 76-72 decision to UAB and uh, fall to 9-6 and six in the conference. They will take on Western Kentucky this coming Saturday on the road. But the ladies, uh, after really trailing for uh, the whole game, have a, a great second half, score 21 in the third quarter and 22 in the fourth quarter, and avenge a, a pretty tough loss to Louisiana Tech, take down the Bulldogs 74-70, Lady Eagles improved to eight and six overall in Conference USA. Shante Hales went off thirty three points for uh, the junior point guard. Uh, Deshai Allman also th- contributed sixteen, and the Lady Eagles uh, shot, uh, I believe, fifty six fifty seven percent in the second half and and sixty two percent behind the arc in the second half in order to close that out. So a great win for Coach McNellis and and her Lady Eagles, and they will play this coming Saturday at home against UTSA. And Southern Miss Lady Eagles moving up in those Conference USA uh, standings, so a great win for Coach McNellis. A couple other sports uh, to let you know about. Men's tennis defeats Nichols State on the road. Uh, they win four matches uh, 2-1. Lady Eagle Tennis drops a 4-2 match uh, to South Alabama, and they will be back in play at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College uh, this coming Saturday at at 10 a.m. Softball splits with Jacksonville State. That series got pushed back uh, a a day because of the rain, and uh, they dropped game one uh, by a score of 5-4. Heartbreaker for Lady Eagles, but then they rebound Ten and uh, to ten to four to uh, defeat Jacksonville State, uh, improved to eight and five on the year. Uh, Chase Nelson, the senior, and Sarah Van Shaik, the senior, both uh, get a couple of RBIs and, and runs each to lead the uh, the Lady Eagles in in softball. Beach volleyball made their inaugural. Uh, performances this weekend and, and uh, appearances down in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, they, they dropped three matches to Coastal Carolina and Spring Hill College. 0-3 on the year, but uh, looking to rebound against Huntington this coming Friday. Interesting, anytime you uh, you bring a new sport into an athletic program, there are some growing pains, but it's going to be fun to see that beach volleyball program uh, develop. So, it's Monday, Michael Mergens, and uh, you know when when you when you drop two to Mississippi State, and when you drop a heartbreaker to UAB, you can kind of cloud uh, your Monday. But but I don't know what it's like in Hattiesburg. But there is this bright object in the sky right now. I'm not sure what it is. Hadn't seen it for about eight or nine days. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of weird reports about uh, UFOs in the sky that look like a big bright orange <laughs> thing. No one can. No one can explain it. Isn't that nice, though? It, it's in and out here. It's a little cloudy oh. in Hattiesburg, but it uh, keeps popping back and forth. But enjoy it now because it's going to start getting cold by the end of the week again. <laughs> it will. Yeah, but, you know, you talk. You look at yesterday. Yesterday was kind of the quintessential day. It was in the high 50s. The wind was blowing, and you could be outside, and the sun would warm you up a little bit. Uh, and then I get up this morning, and, and the pollen's flying. Yeah. I don't know if the, the pollen's yeah, what's up with that? I my black tundra is more yellowish. It's very southern miss right now. It's into the, the the spirit of everything. But even we've got blossoms on some flowering bushes that are just going mad right now. So everybody's confused. It's uh 
It, yeah, I think the weather's confused. The groundhog was confused. He may be always confused. But, yeah, it's almost like uh, the weather tricked the plants a little bit, and, and there was some stuff that's blooming. And But you said it's, it's going to get cold again this weekend? Yeah, not terrible, but cooler with highs in the 60s and get back to lows in the 40s again. So I know a lot of people going out to the I, Mardi Gras parades this weekend. The Laurel Parade is Saturday at night. Uh, just bring a jacket and maybe a, a stocking cap or something. Because your side gig is you're you're a meteor, meteorologist uh, for for Super Talk. Uh, what's the so what's the weather looking like for the weekend rain wise? Going to be clear. Uh, I'm not going to say right now because it's that time of year where it could change at any minute. We saw that over the weekend too. Right there, were, there were some pretty good chances right. of rain here. It happened mostly up in northern Mississippi. Of course, then I get texts from family all across the country. Heard about the storms in Mississippi. Are you okay? Nah, didn't, didn't even. <laughs> touch us that broad forgetting how big the state is as a whole uh so you just don't know hopefully yeah it, hopefully yeah we don't know but hopefully this gonzaga series this weekend is going you know going to be pretty clear i did see where they were canceling schools in montana because of winter weather now you know it's bad michael if they're canceling schools in montana and i feel bad at chicago minnesota because they've had so many snow days this year and they have to go longer in the summer so they're ready to start their summer in june and they're probably gonna go a couple weeks and that happened to me one year when I was going to school uh, up in northern Illinois. We had to go two weeks longer in June because that's how many snow days we had to use. So I feel bad for them. I feel them. But it's weather yesterday makes me so glad to live in Mississippi. Yeah, th- there's no going back. I-, I know that for you. Well, uh, it's been fun hanging out with you today. Coach Scott Berry, Andrew Abadie from the Student Prince. Uh, Bob should be back tomorrow. Michael and I will be here also. And as always, we'll catch you then. Southern Miss to the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.